This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, welcome in. Stinky Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth alongside uh, Mike Evans, Millennial Ben, producing the show. Want to thank the great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers. Going to start uh, shooting our reality show, uh, Man 101. Um, so uh, Bet Rivers is... Is uh is the main title sponsor of that as well. Also, Stinking Good Green Chili. Check us out at stinkinggood.com for all your green chili needs. Hey, Mike, uh, how are you, buddy? I am. I'm doing great. Um, I I wish that I could have somebody handle my house's finances mm-hmm. as flawlessly as the Rams seem to do it. Right, because they. Boy, they know how to move money around and make money appear out of nowhere. Yeah, they do. They they are the Bernie Madoff of cap uh, of of capologists. I this is like the Rams are putting to bed this notion that the NFL plays under a hard cap. Like you can fund it any way you want to fund it. You can massage it. You can move it around. You can extend it out. Like if you're willing to say, "Hey, we'll take the hit." You know, five years, six years, eight years, ten years down the road, like you can move it around any way you want to move it around. I, I guarantee you one thing: like there is not one offensive football team that has the Rams on their schedule that is disappointed right now that Aaron Donald's not retiring. <laughs> like they're they are beside themselves now. You get Cooper Cup to one of the biggest contracts for wide receivers. I mean, they just know what they're doing. Um, like I said, that the cap is not hard. You can manipulate it. You can do whatever you want with it if you're willing to extend money in the future. And they're looking at they're looking at the cap right now as a football team, going, "All right, so what if we have to pay the piper down the road? The, the cap number is going to go up every year as the revenue goes up. We'll figure it out." And um, and damn it, they're turning it on its ear. And I I appreciate the fact. What is it now? Like seven straight years, they won't have a first-round draft choice? They don't care. I will trade an unknown commodity for a known commodity. I will make sure I get great football players. You think they're upset that Matthew Stafford, oh, you know, he just can't win the big game in Detroit. He just really hasn't led the Detroit Lions. Maybe it's not Matthew. Maybe it's Detroit. Maybe it's you. You know what? As my buddy uh, Jerome Bettis used to say, if everywhere you go it smells like doo-doo, it just may be you, right? Uh, it's you guys. It wasn't Matthew Stafford. So good for Matt Stafford. Good for the good for the Rams for, for figuring it out. Well, speaking of Stafford, and I know you've always been a big Stafford fan, and mm-hmm. we, we had this discussion 
when he moved over to the Rams. And yeah, you were, I want him you, signed you, here in Denver. Yeah, no, you and you win this one. You won that one because he he proved himself, and you you learn more about this guy and and how much he's respected. So the other day I was at the Broncos OTA and Graham Glasgow got up and right. he's been here in, in Denver a few years, but he came over from Detroit mm. offensive lineman, good solid guard. And he was, he was talking about Matthew Stafford and, and he just raved about him, called him a dude. What mm-hmm. a great dude. Yeah. He said, Hey, I've just been here a little while with Russell Wilson and I'm sure he's a really good leader, but I'm, I'm telling you, Matthew Stafford is is all that. And you saw it. Cooper Cup signed his contract extension wearing a Stafford jersey. So yeah. Stafford is incredibly well respected. He's a really smart dude, uh, hard worker. I think the thing that most guys respect about Matthew Stafford more than just about anything else is his willingness to go out and battle and play hurt. Um yeah, there's no tap out in Matthew Stafford. He's going to go out there and he's going to perform and he's going to work his butt off, and he'll be prepared. He'll study. He'll do all. Yeah, he'll do, he'll do it all. But just that level of toughness, like most quarterbacks, I look at. Like I'm going to give Matthew Stafford the ultimate compliment, and this is hard for me when I talk about about quarterbacks because they wear pink jerseys at practice. They don't wear pink jerseys, everybody. They wear red jerseys, not pink. It's a, it's a, they wash them. Here's the thing. They wash them a few times and they become pink. They start out red, but the dye fades and they become pink. They never become pink, they folks. Be- this is an offensive lineman you're listening to right Dude, here. they become pink. They don't become I, pink. I have seen them pink. Oh, they would not let them become pink. They're pinkish. They're, they're light Maybe red. more of a salmon cover. Color. Yeah, okay. They get to salmon. <laughs> so this is really hard for me to say. Matthew Stafford is a football player. Yeah, okay. And it's why he's it's one of the why he's one of the most respected dudes out there because man, that dude is tough. He is nails. You you ever see the you ever see the the game highlight where he separates his shoulder, he's out like he's just and then he goes, "I can I can I can do this." I and he leads the Detroit Lions back to a victory. You know, uh, I can't remember who they were playing. Maybe some you know some other also ran team. But but it, I mean the 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 toughness on display. That's what dudes respect about him. He's, he, man, we always joke around. I don't know what it is, but you got to have a dude at quarterback. Whatever that is, he he is one of those guys. The, uh, as we're talking quarterbacks, we always tend to talk a lot of quarterbacks on this, uh, this podcast, but uh, just when probably the Browns thought, okay, things will start to settle down and Deshaun Watson's mm-hmm. out working out and, you know, this thing will eventually calm down. Out comes this, some more uh, accusations against him, more women stepping forward. The New York Times did a report in which they said upwards of 66 women, that he was with 66 different women. The Houston Texans providing hotel rooms. The Texans yeah. have now been uh, named as a in the, in the lawsuit as a defendant. Wow. Browns have got to be sitting back going, is this, when's this going to end? Yeah, I don't. I mean, it doesn't feel like it's going to end well. Well, and and think about these two teams enabling. What do you mean? I'm sorry to interrupt. What do you mean yeah. not ending well? Because he's I, not. He hasn't been charged with anything. These are all civil cases. I get that. It I, looks bad, but right. Well, how bad is it? I I I think we've gone from he's going to get at least a eight-game suspension to 
I don't know that he plays this year. Mm. I think he's not going to play. Now, I'm sure there's some type of out in the contract, right, where he like, they can get out of this deal, whatever. Uh, I, but I, I look at the two teams. Really, the Houston Texans, you've got massage therapists on site. You're getting him hotel rooms to go get massages from people he flies into town. I mean, if you're not, you're culpable. Like you're like you are enabling, and you know the Cleveland Browns not only offering him this, creating this the biggest guaranteed money ever in the history of any NFL contract, but then to eliminate, like eliminate his pain by essentially saying, "Hey, in the first year here, your base salary is only a million dollars." So instead of losing like it, the Houston contract that he had, I think he would have lost like $1.9 million per game in suspension, where the Cleveland contract, he's losing 50000 because they pushed it all into bonus. And so they, they're not fining you on that bonus. So, like, the enabling of, you know, to make life easy for this guy who, let's face it, now I know you're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, but as I look at this, whole thing unfolding from a 10,000 foot view. This guy's a sexual predator. Like it's, it's just, remember Darren Sharper years ago, like Darren Sharper was a really good football player. He was getting into the media. He was articulate. He was handsome. You're like, wow, this guy is just going to be like, this guy's going to be a star. He's in prison because you know, he was, he was drugging women and, and it just like, again, sexual predator. It, it, like it's disgusting. And at some point, the optics of it, Mike, at some point, the potential of touchdown passes and the potential of 300-yard games doesn't trump the damage you're doing to yourself. And think about Cleveland. One, you step out with this fully guaranteed contract. So you're already, you know, you've already stepped out and, and basically pissed off every other owner in football. But then you do it with that guy who the the hits just keep on coming. And then on top of all of like on top of all of that stuff, you've you've eliminated the quarterback who was there, and you may not have, have fully believed in Baker Mayfield, but now you've excused him from you know his presence in, in mandatory minicamp. But he's still with the Browns. What are you gonna do? He's not he don't want to play for you anymore. Do you hold on to him? Do you hold on to him with the idea that, hey, hey Baker, we were just kidding, <laughs> gotcha? Or uh, crazy or, or, guy? Or you just, or you just be like blunt about, it. like, look, we're we're in a a, a very unhealthy relationship, but yeah. we both need each other right now, and we need you because our quarterback is suspended for eight to ten games. You need us because we're paying you a lot of money for at least one year. And where are your other options? Yeah. And who else are you going to play for that at least you, you know the system, you know the personnel? Right. Okay, it's going to be awkward as hell, but you need us, we need you, so let's try to put the best spin on this thing. I mean, could you see that happening? Oh, I could see the Browns saying that, but... Well, they all, well, what does Baker do? Well, that's what I'm saying. Baker is already... I mean, he's got a list. You don't think the Browns are on the list? <laughs> oh, yeah, number one. Like, I don't know that he has the maturity to go, okay, and and play well. 
I mean, do you think he does? I just, I, I don't know. I just don't know that he can bring himself, like he can humble himself to the point where he goes back there and plays. I Is it humbling or just, just come out and say, I don't want to be here, but I'll show these mofos and right. just make it about that. Because yeah. what, what's their option? I don't like. I don't know that he really has an option. Well, and what's Cleveland's option? Right. I don't know that Cleveland has a. Do you think really? Do you think it's going to be a eight ten game suspension, or do you think he's playing this year? Like the way things are going, I mean, he may never play in the well, league again. Yeah. Again, though, it's it it is still it's we're still in the allegation stage, and we are talking about civil cases. I get it. it's embarrassing. Roger Goodell has suspended people for far less. For just embarrassing the shield, but I don't know about a full year. I don't know about a full year. If the allegations keep coming and there is no settlement, then what? I mean, like you can't, as allegations continue to compile and the season continues to creep closer and closer, I mean, at what point are you just like, dude, if these things aren't settled, if we can't figure this out, and as as you're not playing until you settle yeah, this, as more and more, as more and more victims, and I'll call them victims, as more and more victims are empowered to come out and say, "Hey, wait a minute, you know what? I want a piece of this because I don't want it to happen to anybody else." And ultimately, the way this guy treated people and treated us, like he shouldn't have the right to make two hundred fifty million. Like I, I, and I'm I I I understand that. And I think I those people that have that complaint are right. Like it's hey man, I always I always came in my time in the in the National Football League, and I'm so thankful for it. Um, it's a privilege, even now, man. The, the, doing radio here with you, or you know, doing my Spotify show with Trey Wingo, or doing calling games for the NFL and Fox, it is a privilege to be involved in the National Football League, and. You act like a ass. You know what? That privilege gets taken away, and uh, and especially if if you are in fact, which it looks like from the surface, a sexual predator, you shouldn't get to play in this league. It's too much of a privilege. Aaron Rodgers, staying on the quarterback theme, uh, came out this week uh, and said, "Yeah, I'm I'm finishing my career with the Packers." Mm-hmm. But how long is that? Honestly, I, I was talking to a. Packer fan who lives out here in Denver, he said, be lucky. Be lucky you got Russell Wilson and not Aaron Rodgers. And I was like, why? I said, I think Aaron Rodgers for three, four years would be, you know, really interesting, right? Mm-hmm. He goes, but that's the thing. Aaron Rodgers is somebody, I wouldn't surprise me if after one year, this next year in Green Bay, he just decides and says, nah, I'm done. I'm out. When when he says he's going to finish his career with the Packers, how long do you think that is? Uh, at least two more seasons. At least two more. This year he signed a three year deal, three year extension. It's at least I think two more. Um, because let's let's face it. All right. So, you know, even if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're you know doing ghee butter baths and you know whatever other. He's got a new girlfriend, by the way, we're going to tell you about here in a second. Yeah. You know, you're doing all kinds of granola stuff. You're not showering for four weeks. You're smoking a bunch of peyote. (laughs) Like, 
it, yeah, whatever, what, whatever it was is you want to do. Like it, you can act like you don't care about anything. You can act that way, but there's, you got rabbit ears. And the other thing is, let's face it. You arguably like it, the most talented, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but you can't put another ring on your finger and you've been with this Packers organization and you guys have won a ton of games and you've had a ton of opportunities to be in the playoffs and you only have one ring? You, you think he I, cares about that? Like, I, I have no doubt that Peyton Manning, he, he understood, I got to get another one. I got to yeah. have two by the time I retire. You think Aaron Rodgers really cares? Yes. I think I think all those guys, they can say they don't care. They can act like it's not a big deal. But the bottom line, it's a big deal. Hey, it, when you get to the Hall of Fame and they have the quarterback dinner, you want to sit at the big boy table. You don't want to sit at the side. You don't want to be on the side set. You know, I used to be on the side set all the time, right? Like with ESPN. And we're doing the draft, and there's the big set, right? The big set where, you know, Gruden and Chris Boomer, right? <laughs> right? Mel, Mel Kuyper. Yeah, Mel Kuyper. And it's a big, wide desk. Yeah. And then they go, let's go over to the side set. And you're on this little tiny table. Like, <laughs> you're all squeezed Well, I in. think so. Joe's a really good player. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> and, you know, right? Like, yeah, I was a side set guy. That's right. I didn't Kids wanna... table. You're right. They're all in New York at Radio City Music Hall. And I'm at, ES... I'm at the headquarters in Bristol on the side set. Little kid's table. <laughs> I don't even get the turkey. I get a Cornish game hen, right? <laughs> that's, that's where you are. So, you're a quarterback, man. You don't want to be on the side set. You don't want to be eating Cornish game hen. You want to hunk a turkey. Well, he is a fascinating dude. And and I want to I want to kind of put the two side by side. So, he's had a very interesting dating life. Olivia sure. Munn, Danica Patrick. Uh, Shailene Woodley was the mm-hmm. last one. Now we introduce you to Blue of Earth. That's right. Oh. He's dating a woman, new girlfriend. Her name is Blue of Earth. She claims that she is a witch and medicine woman. Mm. I can see why he likes this girl. A witch and a medicine woman. See, I have a witch. Like you got to, you got. There's two. How do you say the word connotations to to uh-huh. witch? Like you got the wicked witch of the west, right? Right, like spells. I'll get you made pretty. Yes, like cast <laughs> spells. Yes, yeah. right. But then there's Glenda the good witch. True. So I'm assuming she's a good witch and a medicine woman. I mean, how can you go wrong with a medicine woman? But like everything we've learned about Aaron Rodgers and the right. the, the the cleanses and the the ghee yeah. butters, and mm-hmm. this sounds like a match made in heaven. But I, I all keen aside, do you think most of her medicine when she like she puts like a pot together and throws some chicken bones in yeah. there? I have boils. I, yeah, right. She boils it all up and then she wraps it like in a like in a, like in a palm leaf, and I think it's it's probably like 
coated in ghee butter, and it's a suppository. So you got to right up the old can. Oh, man. Like that, whoop, right in there. Oh, man. Right in there. Now let this sit for 12 hours. (laughs) Oh, grandma, grandma, grandma. Ever tell you about grandma? Oh pain? yeah, we've heard of grandma pain. Yeah, yeah, you've told it. Yeah, well, I don't know. That I told it here All on right. this. Well, okay, explain grandma, grandma now, pain. So when when I was playing at the University of Idaho, I drove down from Alaska, and I drove through Seattle, and I stopped at uh, I stopped at my buddies Jim and Jerry Medved, um, and they were identical twin linebackers that played for us, family of twelve, and uh, their their brother Ronnie played for the the Eagles like in the sixties, right? And so we went to college together. And so we stopped by, and we're on the count, and we're at the counter. Shirley Medved is, you know, is their mother, and she made us sandwiches or whatever. We're all eating, and we've been in the pool and stuff. And the, one of the grandkids is already sick, and uh, you know, he needs his his temperature is going to get taken. So she takes him to the back room with the old rectal thermometer, right? <laughs> so we're sitting there eating, and all of a sudden, you you hear you hear what what? And she's like, just you know, she's telling him like, lay down on the bed, right? <laughs> I'm going to take your temperature, and all of a sudden, you go. You heard from the back room, Grandma! No, Grandma! Grandma, Grandma! <laughs> so uh, this is their nephew, you know, getting his getting his temperature taken rectally. Like that's how we had to do it back in the day, guys. We, that's why we're tougher than you. That's right. That's why you. That's the right. millennials listen to this. We're way tougher than you because we all took the rectal tomorrow. That's true. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, that's Grandma pain. Grandma like, pain. And sometimes on television, I'll just talk about grandma playing. Just for your like, Idaho guys. Just for my Idaho yeah. guys, just to give them a little laugh. So, but but I I, I do find this fascinating because the, the two sides of Aaron Rodgers, right? And and you know, here's this guy who just seems kind of a flake, mm-hmm. you know. But yet there's the guy that you've had long co- football conversations about that just speak to a completely different guy who is a football nerd who is just absolutely in love. With playing quarterback, he uh, yeah he is an fascinating guy. He, he's he is a fascinating guy because his like just from a football acumen standpoint, the dude is brilliant. Like he just like he talks about things that nobody else that I've talked to talks about. He talks about fronts tied to coverage and how he can look at a defensive front, and know exactly what coverage they're in, and not even think about it. There's a reason the dude throws four or five interceptions a year. He's he's consistently forty touchdowns, five interceptions, whatever it is. I mean, it's it's insanity when you look at his numbers. Um, arguably the the not from a championship standpoint, but from a number standpoint, the greatest that's ever played the game. Uh, and and yeah, that that dichotomy between absolute granola freak show, <laughs> yeah, right, and yeah. absolute football savant, freak yes, show. yes. It's it is a, it's amazing, um, and you know I mean I love the dude I I I just think he's I think he's a great player, um, you know I've always I, like there's some things I look at and just kind of roll my eyes but but still I I just I just love the way he prepares the way he plays the the you know the the just everything about that about football. Uh, he just he just intrigues me. On the uh, opposite end of the quarterback spectrum, you got uh, Carson Wentz. One last shot, I guess, to try to make it work in D.C. with the uh, Commanders. And Troy Aikman was talking recently about Wentz, and and you were in D.C. Yeah, recently. Last, last week. So what's uh, what's the feeling? What's the vibe there with Carson Wentz? 
Um, you know, they, I mean, they went in eyes wide open about like some of the stuff that has been some of the comments made about Carson, like, yeah, he's not a great leader or, you know, there's been, there's been some controversy and it goes all the way back to, to Philadelphia. Right. Um, but I think, I think, you know, if you look and I talked, I talked at length to Ron, you know, Ron Rivera, I talked at length to their GM, um, they're, that, that of course they would rave about him, but these are guys like I go back to my my Washington days in '89 with Marty Herney. Like we have this, like we have a relationship, right? So, um, so like you you would think you're going to get some of the hyperbole, right? Like oh boy, he has been, oh he's just been great. He's this that and the other. But honestly, you know what? Like when I listen to those guys, it's not like, they're not trying to sell me. Hey man, they were like, we know we had issues. We brought them in here and, and like all this stuff, but everything we see has been, has been completely opposite of what we went in thinking we were going to get from that standpoint. He's been great. Our quarterback room is great. We, we like, it's been, it's been tremendous. And you, you know, you think about his journey, Mike, you think you go back to, him being drafted second, right, second overall, and then him in uh, was it twenty seventeen, where he was a legit MVP until he tore his ACL, and then Nick Foles takes over and boom wins the Super Bowl, and they're like putting a statue of Nick Foles out of Philadelphia Stadium, and so now you have to come back, and you got that hanging over your head. Right, and you develop, you know, such a tight relationship when it comes to throwing the football to to Ertz that all the receivers have beef with you because I'm not getting mines, you know, that type of thing, and and then, you know, a year later, he's getting sacked 55 times or 58 times, whatever it is, you get the crap beat out of him. Um, they're all injured. They draft, you know, some receivers that they they don't have. You know, I mean, they draft a guy that in rigor that just hasn't panned out. Um, you know, they JJ Ortega Whiteside is like their go-to. Like it just is, like it it just was a bad situation. So you take that beating, you know, then you then you end up, you know, you end up going off to Indianapolis and and you actually play pretty well right up until it's. It's you know not cutting time yeah, against Jacksonville, time, yep. and, and you can't win, and you know, and, and so I just think it's I just think there's a lot. I think it's it's hard one to overcome injury, but it's also hard to overcome injury when you're trying to prove to a fan base in Philadelphia that you're the right answer and Nick Foles isn't, and so I think you start to press, and then all of a sudden everybody gets hurt, and you start to get the crap beat out of you. It's just like there's a lot of circumstances that have happened to him where I still think that I still think that he can be really good. I really do. Hmm. Okay, that'd be the ultimate comeback player of the year award winner right there yeah. if he's able to pull it off. One more thing for you. Okay. Uh, did you ever think the day would come, especially early on in your career as a player, even when you got into the, the broadcasting part of it, that an NFL team would sell for over $4.6 billion like the Broncos sold this week? Four point six billion. Billion. Right. Largest uh, sale ever of a professional sports franchise in North America. Yeah, it's uh 
it's incredible. Just even a year ago when they were talking about this sale, they were talking about $3 billion and how it's escalated. And But now, you know, the reports, when you start to look at the league and the expanse of the league and then the fact that, you know, they're trying to become more international. You know, like, you look at them now, there are, there are teams that are speculated. They're like, hey, in the next few years, teams will sell, and it's going to be upwards of $8, 8 billion, excuse me, a million. Eight billion dollars. It's it's crazy. Pat Bolin bought this team in '84 for seventy-eight million dollars. The trust just sold it for four point six billion. Now I, you know, me and Math have a very very precarious relationship to be very. Some days you own Math. Yeah. Other days, most of the days you're running for cover. Right. Most times it's like my car stalled on the train tracks, and I'm like, "Oh shoot, here comes Math." Chugga 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 chugga. Like it's coming down the tracks. It's barreling down the tracks. Um, yeah. Bottom line is, uh, I don't know what your ROI is on on that, but it seems pretty hefty to That's me. That's a hell of an investment. Yeah, it seems pretty hefty to me. But anyhow. That's kind of just the way it goes. Hey, Mike, buddy, it's always fun to chop it up with you when it comes to the National Football League. Always appreciate you. Hey, for our uh, presenting sponsors, great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers. Check them out at BetRivers.com. Also, Stinking Good Green Chili. Make sure you check it out at StinkingGood.com. For Mike, I am Mark. For Ben, we thank you for listening. We'll be back with you next week.